This is a Triple M Footy podcast with all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy. It's Tom Brown's news. It all boils down to this. By 5.30pm tomorrow, either Brisbane or Collingwood will be crowned the 2023 Premier in what promises to be an absolutely epic grand final. Interest has hit fever pitch and there's no one better to get us through all the latest than Tom Brown. My name's Rudy. I've got Tom here in the studio. And Tommy, for the last time ever, welcome. Good afternoon, Rudy. I couldn't be more excited. Uh, the grand final tomorrow, the time for talks over. Collingwood trying to, I guess, uh, overcome, if you like, the disappointment of last year, the profound disappointment of 2018, and win their first flag, perhaps the most famous club in the competition since 2010, alongside, obviously, the other big powerhouses, acknowledge them, of course. And then Brisbane trying to win their first flag since 2003 after that incredible three-peat. So I just could not be more excited, Rudy. The two best sides of the year, in my opinion. Um, you could argue that uh, Brisbane perhaps is in better form than Collingwood. Having said that, Collingwood knocked off the informed team last week in the Giants. So there is just so much to play for. It's so difficult to make the grand final, Rudy. It's then so difficult to win. And no one really remembers the losers. You've just got to win it. And uh, there's only going to be one winner tomorrow. And he's just unbelievable. We've had the parade, obviously, this morning. The AFL's done a wonderful job with that. Collingwood's training in front of massive crowds all week. I just saw vision of Brisbane training at the MCG with the, is it Charlie Cameron's song, Take Me Home? Hey, uh, Country Roads, yeah, Country Roads, Denver. Yep. Awesome song. And uh, this, the atmosphere is unbelievable. So uh, it's all set up for tomorrow afternoon, Rudy. It is indeed, as you said, the best two teams of the year. They played the best stuff. Uh, are you going to watch from, you'll be able to get there as a fan? Yeah, get there as a fan. I'm working in the morning and working, I think, post-game, um, <laughs> depending on what state I'm in. Yeah. Um, so working on the coverage in the morning, of course. And then uh, I'll go and sit with my sister and her partner, Alex, and uh, my brother and um, his partner, Chloe, and Tara's coming, maybe with Henry, uh, our young son. So... Uh, we're all going to sit as a family. It's about the Collingwood fans tomorrow. That's what this day is about. But uh, I'm also enormously uh, proud, if you like, Rudy. I don't talk about it often, about the, the work that my dad's done with the club and with uh, a great board and with a great team at Collingwood. But uh, we're desperately uh, barracking for a dad tomorrow as well because I'd love to see them. He's 70, so <laughs> you'd love to see them win a flag under his presidency. Let's talk about the pies, Tommy. Uh, the teams came out last night. And to be fair, Collingwood have been really good with the uh, information feed this week. They ruled out Taylor Adams early. They uh, said Pat Lipinski would be the sub early as well, just to sort of cut off any discussion. And uh, last night, uh, the only potential piece of uh, intrigue left, Jack Ginevan starts on the ground. Yeah, so the idea here, Kramer Crazy explained, Rudy, is that Jack Ginevan's a big-time player, and uh, I think he kicked, did he kick five on Anzac Day? Yeah. He's a big-time player. He's going to give them some versatility up forward, and uh, they'll need him to fire tomorrow because there's a separate discussion, which we'll get to, about scoring. But uh, Pat Lipinski named as the sub, um, so at least he's in the team. He's been a little bit out of form, but it's obviously an opportunity for him if he comes on as expected at some stage tomorrow. Jack Ginevan's obviously been named to start, as you mentioned, and uh, I think there's a view that Cox also might be able to play a bit up forward, so because Frampton could play second ruck. So Collingwood's got a bit of versatility in that regard, but the, I think the key issue here is Collingwood's scoring ability. They've scored 60 and 58 so far in the finals. They've effectively strangled their opponents. The question tomorrow is whether you can stop Brisbane from scoring with the likes of Cameron, Danaher, Hipwood, um, all those. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many blokes that could score goals. Lincoln McCarthy. Um, it, I looked it up before, just before we came on air. The last four games, um, Brisbane averaged 120 points against Collingwood, so they can't really... Collingwood can't really afford to score just 60 or 70 points. They really need to actually score themselves. So 
it's the that's the balancing act for McRae, isn't it? Being able to find a way to be potent once the ball's inside. They've just got to stop Brisbane from scoring. I just I can't see Collingwood kicking more than 100 points. I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but uh, Collingwood will have to score. Craig McRae was asked whether eight or nine goals would be enough in the press conference a short time ago, and he said, well, probably not. But they also he also added that um, clearly they're going to have to try and contain Brisbane's scoring. So... Hopefully, for Collingwood supporters, Craig McRae will come up with his greatest piece of coaching work, and there's been some good pieces of work, Rudy. Hopefully, his greatest uh, artistry, if you like, is tomorrow. Uh, you mentioned before, Tommy, Billy Frampton being picked, but uh, he looks like he's going to play centre-half back. Yeah, centre-half back's interesting. Uh, based on what their press conferences over the last day or so, or I, I thought he was going to play up forward and like try and nullify one of Brisbane's defenders. Yeah, that's what I thought as well, but uh, look, the team sheet that I looked at last night had him uh, named it uh, CHB. Well, he's... Definitely versatile, and he can also play second ruck. So hopefully Billy can uh, have a game of his life tomorrow, Rudy. Jack Payne couldn't get up to play, unfortunately. He's been giving himself as much chance as possible. He'd even been using the hyperbaric chamber like Sam Kerr up in Brisbane. But uh, I think fit is in Brisbane's best 22, but uh, isn't necessarily hasn't really been fully fit all year. I think he's had issues with both ankles, so yeah, it's unfortunate. And it's, kind of, it's just unlucky that it's come at this time, really, because he'd been such a strong com- contributor to their back half. And uh, you'd feel, as a Brisbane fan, I, I reckon you'd probably feel a little more safe with him. But uh, if he's not right, he's not right. And I, that's the right call. You just have to make sure the bloke's 100%. You can't take an injured player into the grand final. And Collingwood was a case in point this week with Taylor Adams. It's unfortunate for Taylor, but uh, at least he did his, or sort of re-aggravated his hamstring, if you like, to an extent on Monday or Tuesday. I know it's devastating for him, but uh, better that than it happen at uh, 3.20 tomorrow, Rudy. Every Triple M Footy podcast is in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the listener app now. We'll get back to the grand final a little later, Tommy. Give our uh, predictions and whatnot. But in the meantime, uh, you were at uh, Gill's Farewell last night. Gill's Farewell was good. I'm not sure if it's Chatham House rules. I won't report on it extensively. But uh, Richard Goiter, the current commission chairman, spoke well. Did acknowledge, uh, I guess, uh, in front of a pretty packed room that uh, he did at various points try to convince Gill to stay longer. So uh, I think that was the worst kept secret in footy, but he sort of put it on the agenda. And uh, Travis Aldu narrowly missed out on the top job. Um, Basically, uh, Richard gave a speech. And then Travis Old spoke. Brian Walsh, who's the communications boss at the AFL, spoke. The communications numero uno, Kylie Rogers, spoke, as well as obviously Andrew Dillon. But uh, Travis Old stole the show. He told a lot of very funny uh, Gill jokes. It was about uh, eight, or, eight or nine minutes. And uh, I think he's been at the Grand Prix now for the best part of a month. I think the joke, it, the joke became the fact that clearly he spent mu- the best part of that month perhaps working on last night's speech. <laughs> Buddy Franklin's been in focus this week, Tommy, uh, a month or so after he's retired, but uh, it seems as if he's not uh, made the trip to Melbourne. No, it was reported that he was going to go to the players' function part of the Hawthorne 2013 reunion this week. It now turns out that I don't think he was there. So um, Jordan Lewis revealing also that he won't be attending the motorcade tomorrow. Um, We've obviously got that audio. Jordan commenting on this issue on Fox. I spoke to him on the Tuesday and yeah, he, he didn't he didn't make the trip down, so um, that's okay. He's you know, and we're not expecting him in the motorcade on Saturday. Oh, I, I don't think so. No, 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 he's no. not in the motorcade. So the AFL made a bit of an appeal. I actually asked Gil McLaughlin about this issue at his press conference. I think it was on Wednesday. The AFL obviously appealed to Buddy to come down. He would be uh, magnificent as part of the pre-grand final celebrations, but. Uh, that is what it is, as Buddy would say. He's obviously happy on the Gold Coast. I saw there was Instagram footage of him watching with Jacinta, the uh, Brownlow uh, count barracking for uh, Errol on uh, Monday night. I like that. And uh, they look like they were enjoying themselves. 
which is good. So he just obviously wants he gave his farewell at Sydney. The SCG had to be talked into that, and uh, you know his footy did the talking, didn't it? Yeah, he's just this is just kind of part of the buddy mistake, part of the buddy story. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alistair Clarkson was at the function last night. Uh, I didn't chat to him, but I saw him. Actually, he waved at me at one point, and um, he actually got around some of the Hawthorne people that he was involved with from a premiership perspective. Mark Evans was there. Andrew Newbold was in the room. So I'm not saying I'm not commenting on whether Clarkson's rift per se with Hawthorne has uh, been mended or whatever, but it certainly looked very professional and cordial uh, and good last night, as far as I could tell. And I think he was on their booze cruise or their river cruise, I should say, these days, more politically correct. Uh, on Wednesday. Just doesn't rhyme though, does it? You're not allowed to say booze cruise these days. There's all sorts of issues with that. Shut up! The foot is on Triple M! They've been the two best teams all season. Hollywood players come from everywhere! The Lions fans jump out of their seats. And now the Pies and Lions square off on the biggest stage in footy. Who is going to stand up in this mighty grand final? Triple M footy will bring you every massive moment. The MCG Join the Temper Mattress call team tomorrow for Collingwood and Brisbane. For Rainbow Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks the grand final. All right, Tommy, before the grand final predictions, let's get through a little bit of brief stuff. Firstly, you've got an update on uh, the suitors for Carlton's Paddy Dow. Yes, and Kilda and Sydney into Paddy Dow. So he's obviously got to have a choice in that regard. So hopefully he's career can definitely continue from his sake, uh, Rudy. Yeah, he seems uh, too good a player to not be, uh, you know, at least at an AFL club. Uh, and then Kisses Pyrotechnics, they'll be playing in the daytime tomorrow. Yeah, spoke to the mushroom people at the function last night. Uh, Kiss playing, I think, at one thirty tomorrow. And I'm told from a pyrotechnic perspective, and I'm not a fireworks expert, that uh, <laughs> it's pretty spectacular when they did all the checks yesterday. So apparently that's going to rock. So we'll find out. They're obviously uh, getting on a bit, a bit long on the tooth, Rudy, but uh, we'll see how they go tomorrow. The, the other side of that equation is you could say they're experienced and they, you know, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. Correct. So, uh, Tommy, speaking of the grand final, this is, uh, this is it. I said that off the top. It all boils down to tomorrow. Who it, wins tomorrow and why? I think Collingwood can win, given the fact that Brisbane's only won one game, final last year. I think it was against Melbourne at the MCG since 2017 under Chris Fagan. I think Collingwood will and need to get off to a good start, get three or four or five goals on the board and convert and make the most of their opportunities, get the crowd into it, which they will be, and then it might become a bit of a case of sort of protecting that lead. Now, that's difficult against Brisbane because they can score heavily and quickly, as they proved against Carlton last week. But I think uh, Collingwood is the best team in the competition. They have proven this all year at constricting teams, stopping the scoring, basically sort of uh, negating that sort of scoring. So, as I said, Craig McRae will have to be on his have his best game plan ever tomorrow to beat Brisbane. I've got enormous respect for Brisbane's scoring ability. They could cut Collingwood up quickly with that, that scoring ability. So I can't see Collingwood kicking a big score. But hopefully Collingwood get off to a good start, Rudy. I don't know if it's wishful thinking, but I can see this playing out and then sort of just grinding the game down. So I think Collingwood will win by nine points. Okay, okay. I like it. It's uh, nice and positive. My, personally, um, I've become I've gone more to the Collingwood side as we've gone through the week. At the start of the week, I was I was pretty hot on Brisbane. You know, I've got so many good players. You mentioned their scoring power. It's really overpowering, I suppose you'd say. Um, you know, and now a dual Brownlow medalist leading the midfield. Uh, Josh Dunkley's been a great addition. Um, but the... The more I think about Collingwood, the more primed I, I feel they are. Um, I heard Joey Montagna um, speaking on the Footy Talk podcast on Listener earlier, and he was saying that what Collingwood do and what they've done all year is they basically like have one chunk of scoring in every game that they win, where they kick. Um, you know, I think what he said was that in their twenty wins, they've had 
Um, they've had like a 32-minute chunk in each game that's netted them 140 goals to 12 in those 20 games. And the more I think about it, the more I can see Collingwood doing that, sort of just figuring out a way to to have like get real bang for their buck for the time that they've got the ball inside 50 and just find a way to ma- score enough points to to keep Brisbane at arm's length. And they're the best closers of a footy game I've ever seen, ever, comfortably. Um, and I can just see it happening, and it's it, it feels almost uh, written in the stars for it to happen. And the other thing is that you've often got to lose a grand final with a playing group to win one. Mm. And uh, I think you know, Collingwood, you, you mentioned uh, 2018 will burn. Goey, Moore didn't play yep. that day. Yep. Uh, Pendlebury, the older guys, yep. there's so much to play and for. And they're also, they'll have the uh, last year's one-point loss uh, burning as well. And I just think, yeah, it feels like Collingwood's time a bit more than Brisbane's. I think Brisbane have got another couple of years to do it. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the other... Other potential side of the coin is like you mentioned earlier. You mentioned earlier about uh, Brisbane's scoring power. If they score ninety points, it's hard to see Collingwood scoring more than them. So, uh, oh, geez, it's just I, I, this is it's not many games where you can really picture a clear way each team can win, and it's just going to come down to execution on the day. I'm so excited, and I reckon it basically it just come down to whoever um, actually just gets the you know like the bang for the buck. As I said, when uh, they've got their opportunities, but I'm tipping Collingwood by. Four points. Who do you Norm, have for Norm Smith? JDG, Jordan Degoe for Norm Smith. First goal, I'll go for Jack Inovan. Ooh, like it. I like it a lot. Um, I think if Collingwood win, I also would have Jordan Degoe. But to, you know, for the sake of uh, changing it up from you a bit, I'll say Mason Cox. And uh, for first goal, Lincoln McCarthy for Brizzy. Uh, Rudy, also an absolute pleasure doing this podcast with you. You're enormously patient, very, very easy <laughs> to work with, and a great, talented uh, technician and audio person and host, obviously. And, uh, I wish you the best for the future, and I really enjoy working with you. And you're a great bloke, and uh, you sort of you bring me around on some of my views on things as well. So I think we balance each other out really well, and I appreciate all your help. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, Tommy. That's really lovely, and um, I speak for everyone at Triple M Footy when I say it's uh, similarly been a pleasure working with you, the best news uh, breaker in the game. Um, before I let you go, I just wanted to play you. I don't know if you remember this one, but this is back in the hot breakfast days. This is my favourite bit of Tom Brown audio ever from uh, when we had Alan Joyce on. Oh, this is good. This I is like good. This. I'm going to pass over this morning to Tom Brown, who's normally our footy reporter, breaking all the big footy stories around town. But the other side of Tom Brown is he is the world's biggest aviation nerd. And you have a question, Tom. Alan, good morning. I know long term, so short term, Qantas have to make a decision on what type of plane, whether they go with the 777 or A350 on the Sydney to London nonstop route. But there's an interesting debate, for example, in the Wall Street Journal this week about the 737 MAX recertification. I know you were in Seoul recently and have good insight on this. Do you think the computer-based simulation training is sufficient or do pilots need to do the physical motion training so they can crank the horizontal stabiliser with certain force in the event of a second or third failure in this instance? Wow, you are an aircraft man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, honestly. And, and the weird thing there is that out of all my live crosses and so forth, I don't think I've ever been that so succinct. There was no uh, stutters there or anything. I've obviously, that was the level of my research at the time, Rudy. I love planes. The issue, of course, was that unfortunately the Max is a couple had fatally crashed, which was terrible and tragic. And uh, they were getting recertified. And there was a big debate at the time about uh, how pilots would overcome that in case there were further problems. So it's quite interesting now, given all the controversy regarding Alan Joyce, that we did that on air. And he was a good friend of the Hot Breakfasts and was always good to me when he came on. And he talked to me off air a few times. He'd come into the studio. And uh, anyway, good luck to Alan. And I enjoyed that. Took it with great humor. He did. And uh, it was pre-COVID. And it's just uh, a very fond memory of mine. I remember you coming out and telling me, oh, you've got to... 
you know, you've got to put this out there. It's the biggest question in aviation. It's the <laughs> Tom Brown thing. Um, so I just wanted to share that with the podcast listeners and with you. And, and again, to say just thank you so much uh, for everything you've done for us and, and um, go well. And I'll see you in Sydney. Thanks, Rudy. That was Tom Brown's News. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ring Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Footy.